privilege to be able to witness one of our young members um, testify publicly of her love for Jesus. And thank you, Julianne, for reminding us that God is faithful. Amen? He is faithful all the time. Before we begin, I would like to invite you to, again, bow your heads with me as we ask God's Holy Spirit to be with us. Dear Heavenly Father, may not be my words that we hear today. May it not be my feelings that people feel today. May it be your Holy Spirit that we hear today, that we feel today. As we read your word, may we find strength, courage for the things that will soon happen. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for the invitation that you make to each one of us daily to follow Jesus. And in his name we pray, amen. Last week, um, Sabrina Mills shared with us the importance of, of testifying, and there is no test to, with, how does it go? No test, no testimony. That's how it goes. If we don't go through trials, um, there's no way to testify, um, give witness of what God has done for us. But how many of you like to go to a test without being prepared? How many of you like to invite someone over to your home without being prepared? How many of you want to go through an emergency situation without being prepared? That's something we do not want to go through. And when we have gone through something like that, we're thinking, oh boy, this is the end. It overwhelms us. It terrifies us. It can even make us just freeze before that situation. My sister was telling me of something that happened to a friend of hers. My sister and brother-in-law, Hugo, they live in Chico, California, next to Paradise, California, Northern California, about eight, nine hours away from here. And she was telling me that they were driving not too long ago, maybe two, three, four weeks ago. And as they were driving, they see this big, brown, grayish plume of smoke in the sky. Do you know what that means? Fire. Everyone in California knows that's a sign for fire. And they looked, and it was toward paradise. They live in Chico, so they were thinking, hmm, I wonder where it's located. And they looked, and when they looked at their phone, iPad, they found out from the news that it was located close to two of their friends. And my sister is not an adventurous person. My brother-in-law is. He'll jump into things um, that are pretty dangerous. But my sister was the one who said, Hugo, let's go help them. Hugo was surprised and said, let's go. Now, they have two little ones, so you can understand why sometimes parents hesitate to do dangerous things, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. And as they were driving, they started to call the 
first friend, and they called, and no one answered. I said, maybe they're not home. Let's try the other friend. And they called, and somebody answered. And that person said, yes, hi, this is Hugo Leon talking, and are you okay? I said, yes, um, just the lights just went out, but uh, they, they should come back soon. And Hugo had to inform his friend, no, they're not coming on because there's a big fire in your area. And you need to get ready to leave. In fact, we're coming to help you. So they hanged up and they kept going toward the fire. My sister tells me that she's never seen walls of fire so high. These pine trees were just covered in flames. And as they were approaching one of their friends' home, they saw another house catching on fire. And they were like, wow, this is tearing everything apart here. So they got there, and nobody was home. So they decided to text to let their friend know, hey, your house is close to a fire. And when they texted, they received a text back. I know, I'm right here watching it from the street. So he had gone out to watch the fire, and they thought, well, he's not worried about his home. Let's go to the next home. And so they went over to the other home, and they found their friend there. And they told him, we need to get ready because the fire is close by, and we need to leave. And he said, I'm not leaving my house until they tell me I have to leave. Two minutes later, the police came and said, mandatory evacuation for all those in the area. It's too dangerous. The fires are too close. And then my sister tells me that she could see her friend in shock. What do I do now? And my sister, seeing that he wasn't moving forward with any kind of plans, she said, "Um, do you have any important documents? that you want to save. Yes, I do. Birth certificates, maybe um, property documents. He went and grabbed those. But then again, he was still. Do you have any pictures you want to save? Oh, yes, I do have some pictures. And he went and got a few pictures. Do you have enough clothes to spend a few days outside your home? Oh, good idea. But she noticed that he was not prepared. In fact, my sister wasn't prepared herself. And she said, I needed to know what to do. Do we leave the windows open? Do we close them? And she said she went to the yellow books, and there's a list of things you should do in case of a fire. But by then, it was too late. They were saying, you have to leave. You have to leave. He had two cars in his garage. And... My sister said, do you want me to drive one of the cars? My husband will drive our car, and you can drive the other. And he decided, I'll just take one car. I'll drive my car, and I'll just put all my little belongings there. And off they went. Is it important to be prepared, brothers and sisters? It's very important. Is it important to be prepared for heaven? Yes. Does the Bible tell us, be ready The Bible is clear about this. In fact, when Jesus was with his disciples, 
the message that he gave to them, found in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, is not so much about the signs of his coming. And boy, do we see those signs, amen? You look at the news, you look around you, and you sense something big is about to happen. Are we ready for what Jesus described would happen in Scripture? And his disciples were a little more concerned about time. When will it happen? But Jesus told them, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody. So don't be concerned about when. Be concerned about being prepared, being ready. I invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at a few parables that speak about the need of being prepared. In fact, if you studied your Sabbath school lesson, um, Sunday's lesson was about these parables and the importance of being prepared. And we'll look at a few of the characteristics of those who were prepared when the master came. Those who were prepared when the bridegroom came. Those who were prepared when the good shepherd came. And those characteristics are the ones we want to have. If you go with me to Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, it tells us, Therefore, be ye also what, brothers and sisters? Be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Do we know the day or the hour? No. But Jesus says, be ready. Be prepared. And then he gives this illustration, this parable. Verse 45, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Who is a wise and faithful servant? Is that a characteristic that we need to have in order to be prepared? That's a characteristic that we need. Wise and faithful. And what is the call? To give food to those in your own home, in your own household. That's the call. That's where it all begins, doesn't it, brothers and sisters? It begins at home. Evelyn, Besman, where did you hear first about Jesus? with your parents at home. It all starts at home. Brothers and sisters, are we sharing God's love at home? Are we nurturing those who are in our home? Are we giving them hope, courage, Are we strengthening their faith? 
Because if there's something that we will all need when Jesus comes is faith. Yes? Trust in God. I've been reading Steps to Christ and different, um, at different times. And this is what she says on page 80. The only way to grow in grace is to be disinterestedly doing the very work which Christ has enjoined upon us. To engage to the extent of our ability in helping and blessing those who need the help we can give them. Strength comes by exercise. Activity is the very condition of life. Those who endeavor to maintain Christian life by passively accepting the blessings that come through the means of grace and doing nothing for Christ are simply trying to live by eating without working. Have you received a blessing? A gift from God? It's not always money. Have you received a blessing from God? Are only 43-year-olds allowed to share Jesus? No. Are only 29-year-olds allowed to share Jesus? Can a 11-year-old share Jesus? Can a five-year-old share Jesus? Can a six-month-old baby share Jesus with someone? Yes. Everyone is called to serve. Everyone is called to nurture. Everyone is called to give food in due season. And Jesus continued saying in the same Gospel of Matthew, another parable, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. All ten were expecting the bridegroom to come. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. And today we're only going to focus on the wise virgins. What did they do differently? They all carried their lamps, but what was different about the five wise? They had extra oil. Now, where do you get that extra oil? Who does the oil represent, brothers and sisters? The Holy Spirit. Is that something we can all ask for? Yes. And God has promised to give us his Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. Do we need the Holy Spirit to understand Scripture? We need the Holy Spirit to understand Scripture. In fact, we need the Holy Spirit to put into practice the things we learn in Scripture. Verse 10, I'm sorry, 11 tells us, Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. That's not where I want to go. Verse 9, But the wise answered saying, 
the wise answered, saying, Not so, let there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. Who went in, brothers and sisters? Those who were ready. And then it says the door was shut. Mercy. Those who will go in are those who are ready. Another parable that Jesus shared in the context of the time of the end, saying, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh, Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Unto one he gave five talents, unto another two, unto another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Did everyone receive a talent? Each one of the servants received a talent. One received five, and how many did he give back? Five. One received two, and how many did he give back on top of those two? Two more. And one received one, and what was expected of him, brothers and sisters? Just one talent, to give that one talent, to use it for someone else. Has God given you a talent to share? We have many talented people in our church. But did you know that all talents, all gifts, all that God gives us, are just as important in his sight as the one who has five talents, as the one who has only one talent. They're all important. An engineer, a doctor, who works faithfully, is just as important as the carpenter or the plumber. Amen? A mother who's raising her children. Just as important as a pastor who preaches or gives Bible study. Amen? Every gift, every talent that God has given you, He has given it for the purpose of using it for His honor and His glory. So do not be afraid to share what He has given you. Steps to Christ says the humblest and poorest of the disciples of Jesus can be a blessing to others. They may not realize that they are doing any special good, but by their unconscious influence, they may start waves of blessing that will widen and deepen, and the blessed results they may never know until the day of final reward. They do not feel or know that they are doing anything great, 
They are not required to weary themselves with anxiety about success. They have only to go forward quietly, doing faithfully the work that God's providence assigns, and their life will not be in vain. Their own souls will be growing more and more into the likeness of Christ. They are workers together with God in this life and are thus fitting for the higher work and the unshadowed joy of the life to come. Amen? That is the call, to be faithful with that which God has given you. To use it to bring honor and glory to his name. And not be afraid of what others might think. Because Jesus, he can't fail, brothers and sisters. He's never known failure. So we do not have to worry about what we will do with it as long as he is working beside us. The last parable that Jesus shares here in the Gospel of Matthew is one that I want to practice. I want to exercise. Verse 31 tells us, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Who will go into the kingdom of heaven? that has been prepared from the foundation of the world? Those on his right or those on his left? Those on his right. Why will they go into the kingdom of heaven? What have they done differently, brothers and sisters? When somebody was hungry, what did they do? They gave him to eat. When somebody was thirsty, what did they do? When somebody was a stranger, what did they do? When somebody was naked? When somebody was sick? When somebody was in prison? They basically did acts of love, of service. Does that come easy to you? It comes easy to you, Sierra. Amen? Yes. yes. Praise the Lord for children. Amen? They're willing to help, willing to serve. And Jesus was telling this to his disciples because he wants them to be ready. He wants them to be prepared. Does anybody know the day or the hour? Nobody does. We go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verse 32. Basically the same message, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, 
neither the Son, but the Father. Verse 33 tells us, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you doing what? Sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Be awake. Don't slumber. Don't let the things of this world tangle you up. Be aware that the time is near. And it also says, pray. We have a prayer ministry here at our church. And Betty Hedricks asked me to remind the church that it's not just the prayer ministry's um, duty to pray. We're all invited to pray. Amen? And she says, Pastor Sam reminded that they don't have to come to church to pray. They can do that from home. Amen? And they can be driving through their neighborhood and they could be praying for their neighbors. Amen? And they could be going to the store and they could be praying for the person in front of them. Amen? The invitation is to pray Always pray constantly. In fact, Luke 21, our scripture reading this morning. Luke 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. So that day come upon you unaware, unprepared. Be beware when this world allures you with its pleasures. But be aware also that it doesn't only allure us with its pleasures, it can also worry us, yes? It can make us anxious. Well, what if tomorrow I don't have what I need? Do we need to worry about tomorrow? Do we have to be anxious about tomorrow? The Bible tells us, no, we don't have to. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36, this is the invitation. This is the encouragement that Jesus gave his disciples. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch. Brothers and sisters, watch and pray. We are living in borrowed time. We sense something is different about our world. My house won't save me. 
My bank account won't save me. My retirement fund won't be able to save me. But Jesus can save me. He can help you too. And he's inviting each one of us to pray, to watch, for the time is near. As my sister told me the story, it made me think, and even more so when I received some sad news that I shared last week with those who came to first service during our prayer time. I have a good friend. I had a good friend named Bruce Eisenhower from a Presbyterian church in Orange County. The way I met him, my neighbor. And he asked me, Samuel, where do you go to church? I told him, I go to the Seventh-day Adventist church. And he said, what's that? I said, you want to know? I'm going to invite you to my church. The problem is that he only spoke English. And my church was a Spanish church in Santa Ana. But he came. He came to my church. And from there on, we made a friendship. And once a week, for the past 15 years, we get on the phone and we pray together. That's what we did. We prayed. And every time we had an opportunity, we we would see each other either here in San Diego or up there in Orange County. But on Labor Day, um, that Monday, he went up with his family, with his daughter, grandson, son-in-law, up to the San Bernardino Mountains. Um, he would say, Sam, pray for my daughter. I want her to know Jesus. I want her to, to have an experience. And he would take her and the family to um, nature so that they could know a little more about Jesus. And on their way back to Santa Ana, um, he had a head-on collision with another car. Both drivers died. And his daughter, son-in-law, and grandson, by a miracle, survived. Miracle from God. She told me, Sam, it was interesting because I called her, and I just had I had just found out on a Thursday, um, and it had happened already 10 days before that. And I called her, and I said, Galen, are you all right? And instead of me comforting her, she was the one comforting me. Sam, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry. And she said, my dad, he knew Jesus. Jesus was real for Bruce. And you can ask some of our church members who, know, who knew him, Joe Atchison. You know, every person he met, he had to share his faith and trust in Jesus. It didn't matter if it was a homeless person on the street of Santa Ana or it was a CEO from a bank or corporate office there in Orange County. He was going to let them know that Jesus is real. He exists. He has a plan for your life. And if you follow his plan, you can only get good results. Amen? For my friend Bruce, Jesus is real. And brothers and sisters, for each one of us, Jesus is 
real. Amen? Jesus should be real. And that's why the invitation, the encouragement to watch and to pray. I finished with one more um, citation from Steps to Christ. If you will go to work as Christ designs, that his disciples shall and win souls for him, you will feel the need of a deeper experience and a greater knowledge in divine things and will hunger and thirst after righteousness. You will plead with God and your faith will be strengthened and your soul will drink deeper drafts of the well of salvation. Encountering opposition and trials will drive you to the Bible and prayer. You will grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ and will develop a rich experience. The spirit of unselfish labor for others gives depth, stability, and Christ-like loveliness to the character and brings peace and happiness to its possessor. The aspirations are elevated. There is no room for sloth or selfishness. Those who thus exercise the Christian graces will grow and will become strong to work for God. They will have clear spiritual perceptions, a steady growing faith, and increased power in prayer. The Spirit of God, moving upon their spirit, calls forth the sacred harmonies of the soul in answer to the divine touch. Those who thus devote themselves to unselfish effort for the good of others are most surely working out their own salvation. Amen? The good of others. Brothers and sisters, are we ready to see Jesus? Amen? Do we want to be ready if we're not ready? Yes! Is the, is the formula simple or is it complicated? It's simple. Watch. Pray. Always. God has a beautiful plan for your life. He has a beautiful plan for my life. He has a beautiful plan for your children, for your neighbors, for your friends, for strangers. And Bruce, my friend, told me, you know what's so sad, Sam? That many people don't know what Jesus Christ did on the cross for them. And he said, many Christians don't know this. What a great gift God has given humanity. Do we want to accept that gift today? I want to accept it. I want to believe in it. I want to trust in it. It gives us hope, brothers and sisters. Yes, that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Amen. And we just need to be ready. And if we're ready and our family is ready... Praise the Lord that he is coming soon. Amen.